Hey everyone, welcome to episode 45 of the Inside Out Podcast. I'm here as always with Brent Kimball. Brent, my question for you today is this. With temperatures in the Skagit County reaching scorching levels this weekend, are you going to be okay? I am going to be okay because I trust Jesus. Good, good. I'm glad. I, I, I've already had enough of people complaining about the weather. We get about... Two and a half days. months of sunshine. Yeah, <laughs> 20, 20 days. days of sunshine. <laughs> and people are already freaking out about the uh, the hot temperatures. They forget that yeah. on Monday the 14th, it was pouring down rain. I yeah. know that because it started that while I was riding my bike to work. So I experienced it firsthand. Yeah. I'm not, I'm not worried about myself. I am worried a little bit about my yard. I've got a drip hose. I planted some arborvita trees. Yeah. Can you spell arborvita? Yes. Okay. Because it's a weird word, but I learned how to spell it when I was buying them. I'm like, i got to learn how to spell this word. But I know how to spell the last half. I don't know if I can arbor, spell Arbor? You don't know how to spell arbor? Well, it, okay. So is it how it sounds? Because yes. the last half Like is Arbor Day. Think of Arbor okay. like a tree. Yeah. Okay. Anyway, so um, I planted these trees, and they, they require tons of water. So our good friends, Bill and Rachel Truman, yes. who probably are listening to this podcast. Um, At least Rachel is. We know she is. Yeah, well, Bill does, too, because he's an elder. I know he doesn't miss them because he's a very good elder. Yes. Um, and uh, But they loaned us a couple of um, soaker hoses. So those are getting watered. But I'm worried about the rest of my yard. It's so dry, and I just haven't had time to water them, water everything. But, yeah. but I'm not worried about me because yeah. I trust Jesus. Well, like I said, um, my entire yard is moss at this point, so this is actually oh. really good. So, oh, yeah. No, I'm, I'm, I'm kidding. Only about half of it is. Um, so here's what I want to do today, okay? Uh, I, I want... Hear, what, wait, I'm going to stop. I'm going to pause that. Here's what I think about everybody, lots of people complaining. I think for whatever reason, people feel like they got to talk about the weather, which is so weird. It's like in my house, every single day, Jesse and I have to give each other a commentary on how we slept the night that night you know the night before it's like well how'd you sleep last night and for me it's usually well not all that good (laughs) (laughs) it's like i don't know what the deal is but you want to get you started down that road yeah but it's just it's like this the dumbest conversation i don't know why we do it but the weather is like this thing and and then it's kind of like asking people hey how you doing and they say they're busy like that's such a yeah I don't want to make anybody feel bad for saying it, but it's just such a non-thinking answer. Everybody's busy. Yeah. Tell me something different, you know? Right. And so it's kind of like, yeah, it's hot out. Okay, it's hot out. Yeah. Anyway. E- easily. The reason I bring that up is because the weather app is probably the most utilized app on my phone. That's how I know <laughs> I'm a dad is because I'm constantly checking mm-hmm. the weather, when the sun is going to set, what the temperature is going to be. Uh, where, where is the wind coming out of today? Um, I so, thought maybe that the Daily Bread app would be maybe the one you'd check the most. But it's the weather one? No, I try to stay away from that. I don't even know. Is that just a... I don't even know what it is. Does it just know. give you a verse every day? I don't know. I don't know. Is there even an app? I don't know if there's an app. I just I guarantee you yeah. there's an app called Daily Bread. If yeah. there's not, 
There, there should be. We just yeah. got a million dollar idea right there. Right there. But we're going to give our listeners some daily bread today. Okay. Um, we're going to give them some content to consider and chew on is what I mean. So, so uh, it's no secret that language is important to us as See. the leadership of City Point Church. And some people don't, um, in, in all fairness, don't understand the importance of language. Mm-hmm. Um, and we can easily say language creates, helps to create culture yes. in a church. And so it's not something that we want to um, dismiss. It's not something that we're overly sticklers about, I would say, and that we, we're not always like automatically correcting people if they use the wrong words is what I'm trying to say. Right. But we, we try to intentionally work our language into everything that we say and do. So, so you know, the vision of City Point Church, we want to live the gospel with those inside the family. We want to bring the gospel to those outside of the family. And in that, God grows his family. That's something that I will try to work into something like the broadcast, just so people are hearing it. So it's, imp- it's important to us. And some people, they don't understand why it's important. So here's what I want to do, um, Brent. I wanna, I'm going to say uh, five words, phrases, sayings that are commonly um, heard in church circles. And maybe you can explain to me why we don't use that specific term and what we use to replace that with. Okay? Yes. Uh, But you're probably thinking I should explain it to our listening audience, not to you, because you probably get it by now. It's been explained to me, yes, Yes. before. Okay. But I can always use the refresher. So. Me too. So. Number one. Number one. Number one. A very, very commonly used term for space that Christians gather in, sanctuary. Sanctuary is, yes, so that's a term that we tend not to use for a couple, well, let me just say, we tend not to use it. Rather, we use the word auditorium. So we gather together in the auditorium, as that word would mean, a place to listen, to, um, to sing and to hear gospel songs and to listen to the word of God as it is taught and preached. So sanct- the word sanctuary um, has a connotation to it with, with regard to sacred spaces. And um, so sometimes people, for instance, will refer to the place that the church gathers, which I refer to as the, as the facility, the church facility, uh, sometimes people will refer to the church facility as God's house. And, um, and it really isn't very, it's not good language because it's not really good theology. So almost everything that you're going to list here, my guess is we'll have some sort of a, we're filtering, like I said this last Sunday, our first filter on just about everything is a theological filter. And uh, so that's a theological filter that says, Sacred spaces is not super great with regard to New Covenant language, New Testament language, because the body of Christ and the human body is the, is the place that the Spirit of God, your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit, right? And the body of Christ, the church, is the temple of the Holy Spirit. So saying that the place that the church gathers in is the church, the church, uh, the house of God, or that or that the place that the church gathers in to hear 
and sing and you know listen to sermons is the sanctuary kind of infers a, a sa- sacred space and it's it's the only thing that makes it sacred is because the Christians are there as mm-hmm. soon as the Christians leave there let's say they leave there and they go to a park and they gather and there's a bunch of them under a gazebo in a in a park well that now is a sacred space because the this the people of God are gathered there so that's why we we use I think auditorium communicates better than sanctuary yes yeah yes and you 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 brought up the idea of um, church building church facility mm-hmm. instead of simply church and so uh, if if you're listening just kind of be attentive and listen for this language because it's it's in there every single week from from Allison as she's praying after musical worship. Uh, me in announcements, I will in during the broadcast. I'm sorry, uh, I I will say it's good to gather as the church. Mm-hmm. We don't say it's good to gather at the church. Exactly. And so uh, there's there's small things that we try to do on a regular basis to to kind of teach this this yes. language. That's one of them. Okay, number two, stage, as in the band is up on the stage. up on the stage. Yes. So this is a this is a personal kind of a pet peeve for me I suppose and and um, I refer to it and try to get everybody in the world to refer to the place where the band performs music from or the pastor is preaching from or whatever I refer to that elevated space as a platform um, versus a stage because to me stages are where people act Stages are where people put on performances it's for and entertainment. It, yeah, I, I guess that's it. Yeah, and we're not um, we're not interested in putting on a show. This is not a place to perform. I, I just mentioned the, the 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 band performing songs, and I don't mean that in the sense that they're putting on a show. They're just simply they're they're facilitating uh, the worship of the one true God through through music. So we put them on a platform like we do the preacher or pastor or whoever's you know, bringing the word of God so, simply so people can see them. That's the reason it's elevated. It's a platform. That's all it is. It's not a stage. Yeah. The, uh, this one is funny to me because I was, as I was writing it down, I was remembering about eight years ago now when I was youth pastor when you were the lead pastor in Cedar mm-hmm. Woolley. Mm-hmm. That was so well known amongst our church family that... One Christmas, I had some teenagers make a video for a church Christmas gathering, and they incorporated uh, one of the kids. One of his lines was, he began to say, I'll see you up on the state. And then he corrected himself and said, platform. So yes. I, was, I was thinking about that. It was so ingrained into our, our regular language that yep. even the teenagers uh, that were part of the church family knew about it. So, And I hope it still is. Yeah. All right. Number three, missions trip. Yes, that's very common language. We hear that all the time. This one is not quite as critical, but typically when you're talking about the word trip, it's like an outing. It's like uh, it's like something like people go to a, a, a vacation and they go to Disneyland and it's a trip or they, mm-hmm. you know, they take a trip to the mountains or they take, but when you're sending, when a church is sending a group of people um, in our languages, on a short-term mission. It is the mission. So they're not going as tourists. They're not going for their own personal edification, firstly or only. They're going to bring the gospel 
to wherever they're going. So we had, what, 16 people, uh, students and leaders go on a short-term mission over to Moses Lake yep. this last week. Some of them are at home suffering from heat exhaustion right, right now. Lord, restore them. Um, but they, they were there to bring the gospel to that community. And, um, and they worked with a local church. And I'm excited because they're already making plans to go back next year. So trying to develop longer-term relations in that way. Yeah, but we just don't talk about, that's not a trip. It's like you go to, if you want to go to Silverwood, that's a trip. Like you're just going to go have fun. Great. Take it, you know, go, go fishing. That's a trip. You go on a fishing trip. But when it comes to the mission of God, it's the mission of God. It's a short-term mission or it's a long-term mission. It's you're going to do, to do the work of God. So that one's, yeah, but that's a tough one to get people to stop saying. Yes, it is. But I, it's part of my mission to get people to say these words. You know, and here's the thing. Again, we're talking, it, you're conveying theology uh-huh. in your language you're conveying uh, basically like your philosophy of ministry in these in, in a lot of these things, and words mean things. Yep. And so, uh, and so we want to say them right. So not only do I want to preach through the New Testament um, and a, a significant portion of the Old Testament before Jesus takes me home, um, but I want the people of the church that I pastor to say good words. That's part of my mission. I just want them to say good words, right? Words like auditorium instead of sanctuary. Words like short-term mission or long-term mission or just the mission versus a trip. Yeah. Yeah. And there's other ones. What's our, what are other ones? Well, I, want to, I just want to pause this for a second just real quick and just tell Do, you personally. Yes. I just... I just want to love on you. No, no, you don't. <laughs> yeah. Because that'd be the next one. Yeah, that one again, that's like one of these ones that you're, got, you're like, um, when I first started hearing that, I was a youth pastor. So this is 20 years ago. Well, no more than that. This would have been 25 years ago. And, and I was young and, and the person, I remember the person who I first heard it from. They're very energetic, very visionary type. And they said it, and I was initially like, what? Don't say that. Because that they would they were promoting like a youth camp or something. They're like, get your kids to camp because we just want to love on them. And I'm like, um, find a different <laughs> phrase. I do not want you loving on my children. Yeah. And I've heard people say, you know, I just I love my pastor and his wife and and their children, and I just want to love on them. And I'm like, um, I don't mean to. I know you mean well when you say that, but I don't want you on my children. <laughs> like that's weird, right? <laughs> And so don't, you could love us, we can love kids, but we don't love on them, Yeah. right? It just gives the wrong picture. Yeah. And, and here's the thing, that's like inside church language type stuff. So Christians are like, yeah, that's right, we yeah. just want to love on the kids. Yeah. And then, but there's a guest in the house. Yep. And they hear that and they're like, that's creepy. Like that yeah. sounds like creepy pedophile little, type stuff, little right? <laughs> so, little problematic. So yeah, we don't love on kids. We love them. Yeah, yeah. Yes. I think a quick note too, if you're out there listening and you're aspiring to someday be a part of the preaching team, I'm pretty oh. sure that might be rule number one. Yeah, that would be... Never allowed to say that yes. from the platform. Yeah. Oh man. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. When we, we, when you mentioned before that we don't like, we're not like the word police going around and correcting everybody. Um, that's true. To an extent, yeah. But I do, um, 
especially if it's staff that I hear it from yeah. or like people on staff correct me sometimes. Yeah. So like sometimes I'll say service instead of gathering. I'll say um, the uh, program or say bulletin until instead of program, just little things, things that aren't overly consequential. Yeah. And then I, you know, I'll take correction as well. Yeah. But you'll yeah. never hear me say love on I know. somebody. Um, yeah. If I do. Oh I, man. I'm not sure what to think. No. Yeah. You'll wonder if I'm a, uh, I'm a heretic. Yeah. All right. Next one. I go to city point. Yeah. Yeah. If somebody is a, if somebody's a guest, let's say they've been attending for three, four, five weeks, and I hear that, I go, oh, yep, they're a guest. That they they go to, they go to church. That's just such. Oh, okay. So as a guest, okay, it's probably okay language. It's all right. But if you're a part of the church, that is, again, I don't mean to say this so that people feel bad or like they're like they're knuckleheads or something like that, but that's really poor language. You don't go to church. You participate in the church. You're a part of the church. So, so when you hear somebody say something to the effect of, oh, I've been going to City Point Church for 14 years. I'm like, what? You've been a guest for 14 years? Now, I'm not going to say that to them. Right. And I don't, I, I don't, I, I know I probably sound like I've got a little disdain in my voice when I say that, so I'm going to be careful. <laughs> but it's like, that's just, it's just not good language. You're a part of the church. You participate in the, in the life of the church. Yeah. Right. And again, this is good to be reminded of and even, even to work on, because what we said at the very beginning is that language helps to create culture and, and it does it in, in some pretty unconscious ways when we use the same language over and over again all of a sudden our living and bringing is not about gathering and scattering it's mm-hmm. about everything taking place at the building yeah and this is the hub of life and ministry and that's that's simply not what the vision of city point church is that's right okay uh next one this has been classically used in 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 uh, churches for the past 50 years or so uh elder board um, well, there's a couple of different versions of that. So church governance varies. Um, it varies with regard to, it has to do with a church's or a denomination's ecclesiology as far as whether they um, are uh, Presbyterian or whether they're congregationalists. I mean, that all matters. Um even varies within within denominations it, like in a particular denomination language can be some churches will have a board of directors some will have a deacon board others will have what you just called an elder board and then um and then some just refer to them as the elders i refer to um, ours as an elder team and team is our language and so but, but that's what our elders are. And so we've got to think about it like this. So as a pastor, I have to do some counseling with members of the congregation. Crisis, trauma, hardship. I do a little counseling, but I'm not a counselor. Um, as a pastor, I have to do some administration, but I'm not an administrator. Um, and so think about it like this. The elder 
team, as I'll call them, the elder team has to do the work of a board, but they're far more than a board. So board meaning a board of directors, like for organizational structure within the state of Washington as a, as a recognized nonprofit organization, you have to have a board of directors. And typically that's the either a board of deacons or, or an elder board. But, um, but our ecclesiology is clear enough that deacons aren't the ones who, who um, tend and oversee the church. Deacons do the work of ministry and they lead others in the work of ministry. Elders shepherd and care for and oversee the church. And so, so that's important to understand. And I just, when I look at certain churches who they're either they just haven't thought through it all the way, they haven't truly studied church ecclesiology enough, the doctrine of the church, they haven't studied that enough to recognize um, the the distinction between deacons and elders and how how a church should be how a local church should be led and governed but i i don't like to refer the language here has in the past been the board and the problem with that is it feels very um institutional it feels corporate it feels like um they are far removed from the life of the church um and that's not good that's not good imagery that's what that doesn't create very good culture either and so our elder team are are members of the church who live among the people who themselves uh just like our pastors who we recognize ourselves as also being sheep but who are who are also called by god to shepherd the sheep and so we are with them. We are among them. We're part of them. It's not a removed thing. We have a, we have a duty to fulfill just like anybody in the church does. Ours happens to be this particular calling, pastors and elders. And, um, and so I don't, I, I, like, that's one that does make me cringe when I hear bored because it's, it just doesn't have the right temperature. It doesn't have the right flavor of um, what you want in the life of a church um it's too cold too removed yeah i don't what else would you say about that no i think i think you've got it you've encompassed it i don't think i could add any more without confusing myself and our listeners elder team our elder team okay i've got one more surprise for you this is a bonus okay it's a bonus they've all been a surprise i don't have michael never audience listen to me (laughs) michael does not give me time to prepare for these things nine times out of ten so okay this is a so surprise but ex- almost everything is extra on your toes okay somebody's leaving the building and they say wow worship was so great this morning ah uh, yeah what do we say about that we know what they mean mm-hmm. they mean that the music aspect of our gathering where the team was on the platform and they were leading the congregation in what we would call musical worship. They felt like that that um, it was conducted well with excellence. They evidently liked the song choice. They evidently liked the volume, and they felt the presence of God, His love, His power. And so they leave and just are grateful to have experienced that and they say 
worship was great. Again, that is a myopic view of what worship is. Worship is not relegated to the 20-minute segment uh, where the congregation sings together to God. That is worship, but that is not the totality of what it means to worship God. Um, so, So thinking biblically, then we would expand that and say, worship is your whole life. And and so you could actually, in gratitude to God, have a meal. And if you're consuming that meal, as long as it's not fast food and soda pop, I'm, jo- I'm kind of joking about that. Um, but as long as, I mean, if you're, if you're sitting and, and enjoying a, a meal, particularly if you were enjoying it with others, you could say the same thing. You could say, worship was so good today, Right? In gratitude, you ate a meal God provided for you. And that's worship, right? You could go out and play with your kids and wrestle around with them and get some grass stains. And, and then you could come in and, and you just, you loved those kids. You didn't love on them because that, we don't do that. But you just played with those kids and you could, you could walk in the house and say, worship was so good today, right? Yeah. You could, you could, I mean, fill in the blank, right? Any activity of life that is, that is inherently good, that is wholesome, that is, whether it's recreation or whether it's productive, work, you could get done with work today and go home and say, worship was so good today. Because if you're doing it unto the Lord, it's worship. So, so when, the, when the congregation is singing, the band's playing, the congregation's singing. That is worship. But we call it musical worship, congregational worship, so as to make a distinction between all of life that is supposed to be worship and that one segment of life that, um, that does not entirely define what worship is. Yeah. But it's still worship. How about that? Is that okay? You handled it well for a surprise. That was great. All right. That was great. Yeah. It, Pass the test. So okay, I don't know when you're done, but when we're all done, I have one more thing I want to okay, say. Okay, I'm. That was my last one. That's it. That's it. Okay. Wow, yeah. we're pretty quick today. We're still about thirty minutes right now. So. Are we? Well, I tend to be long in my answers. I do know that. But what? I mean, it's like I don't know how to shorten things up. But I'll tell you this. No, it's good stuff. We've been doing this podcast now for uh, I guess around thirty minutes, and I'm. I have to say. Worship has been very good today. Yeah. Podcast worship. We're not worshiping our podcast. We're podcasting unto the Lord. No. Edifying each other. Edifying the church. Worship has been good today. There it is.